evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL Championship. Tonight, uh, stumbling into the playoffs, they managed to not drop any further than uh, sixth place, Uh, but I think that that's somewhat of a disappointment considering where they were just a month ago. Um, we're going to go over their most recent losses. Um, they uh, dropped results to Birmingham and Loudoun United last week. Both were, were kind of poor matches. And uh, the end result of that is that they get to play in D11 in the opening round of the USL Championship playoffs. We're also going to give out team awards. We'll preview the match that uh, was the aforementioned Indy 11 match. And... Uh, I have an interview with uh, Ben Mines that I think you guys will all appreciate, especially those who are uh, big Ben Mines fans and have been wondering what's been going on with him this year. I think uh, you guys are in for a treat. Joining me tonight, it's Bill Toomey. Hello, Bill. Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Uh, hanging in. It's always a rough time of the year for us Red Bull fans. <laughs> yes, it is definitely a rough time of year for Red Bull fans. There is a huge relief that I don't need to talk about the first team for a while. Um, I have the the last episode of, of Seeing Red for the year this week, and then after that, it'll, it'll be a nice long break. Um, well, I guess we'll be, you know, talking about who's coming and going for a little yeah. while, but it, it it's nice to be done with all that. Now, if this team would get their uh, stuff together, I think <laughs> I would be much happier as well. No, I agree with that. Um, we're not going to talk too much about the Birmingham game. It was sort of a, uh, a letdown, especially when you consider that it was a makeup of a game that they were winning and they managed to lose, much like what happened in Nashville uh, earlier this year. Uh, but we have to talk about this match against Loudoun United. 7-3. to three. Uh, It was maybe the worst performance that this team has ever put out ever and, yeah i definitely think it is and i mean there we'll, we'll get to some of the 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 issues here but seven goals conceded and maybe the fastest goal from kickoff against this team ever and worse yet they they were the ones kicking off it was kind of like the the mike Rella goal uh, against philadelphia that uh, caught holding the ball and punished immediately in this to start the second half. It was just as bad as it possibly can get. Uh, transition obviously killed them all night, but it, it seemed like the back line just really was not in sync, and Loudon was all over them. You know, it was crosses into the box. It was beating defenders one on one. It was uh, looking for opportunities on the counter, and Red Bulls too had so many chances against Loudon, but just could not capitalize. Two missed PKs in this one, one by uh, Vincent Bezicourt, one by Matthias Jorensen. Jorensen's was off the crossbar. Uh, Bezicourt's was just a softly taken shot that was easily saved. And, uh, I mean, it was it was just a bad, bad night. I think the lone bright spot was Omar So 
had a beautiful goal to kind of end the match. Amarildo uh, sets it up with a nice dribble and then pass to Omar. But at that point, it's really just a consolation goal. When you look at the two missed PKs, maybe this one ends seven to five. But if you score five goals in a match and you are not going to win, that is a big problem. And it's a big, big problem heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it's something that you definitely don't want to see, especially in the last game of the regular season where, you know, the whole defensive unit kind of just looked they, like they were just distraught and, and not with it and just watching the game go by. And that's definitely not a place where you want to be heading into a playoff game that's not even on your home turf. Right. And we talked a little bit about um, the difficulty of, of getting points on the road. Six, eight, and three, it it doesn't sound that bad, but when you consider how well they started on the road this season and how poorly they finished, yes, they were playing far more difficult teams. Uh, but over their last three away matches, uh, let's see, is it nine, what did they give up against Birmingham? Was it three? No, just two. Two. So 11 uh, goals against, four goals scored, three straight losses, um, and, you know, go back to even that Louisville City and the St. Louis matches before that, 5-3 to three and 2 nothing. This was just about as bad as it could possibly get. And, again, you consider how well they did earlier in the year on the road, and it was just a real big letdown. And it seemingly all started uh, after that one nothing loss to Indy 11 back on September 4th. This was, you know, it was just a tough night. Um, I'm I'm having trouble thinking of very many bright spots, but I can tell you that the back line, Janusz Loba uh, was caught a number of times um, sort of lackadaisically defending. He's had some issues this year picking up runners uh, and just you know keeping his marks inside the box. That The opening goal is sort of a product of that. Um, Sean McSherry, I think you see a guy who he's still kind of green. He really hasn't had too much time on the field and... Um, RB2 is kind of dealing with the the, the loss of Edgardo Rito and uh, players being called up to the first team. You know, Preston uh, Kilwine, Kilwine and Jordan Scarlett really haven't paired that well together for a lot of the year, and I think you saw more of those issues kind of surface. I think both of those guys are a little bit better with the ball on the ground than they are in the air, and teams that um, can consistently put in dangerous crosses are finding chances against the Red Bulls. But there's also just seemingly a miscommunication about the space in between the defenders, which is is causing a lot of issues. And again, heading into the playoffs, and especially heading into the playoffs against a team that has a, a sort of dynamic offense that is good in transition, like Indy, this is a, a scary place to be. Yeah, it really is. And especially since uh, Ripples, too, used to be, I would almost say like a road team, like we would go on the road and not worry about losing. Yeah. Yeah, for a long and now time, playing in true. Indy, yeah, I I know they're not playing in uh, the football stadium in Indianapolis, right? It's a different venue this yes, time. Yes, that's correct. So at least that might help them because it's not like a I don't believe to be as huge stadium or at least as big as you know the the Colts Stadium. But uh, yeah, after seeing the last few weeks with not uh, without a win since what September thirteenth or something like that, it's. Uh, it's pretty scary going into the playoffs right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're used to Red Bull 2 picking up steam at the end of the season. That right. That has not been the case here. And we started off the season with 
a grade goal differential, which by now I I haven't checked, I haven't looked, it's, but it's it's still pretty good considering. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> I thought it might have gone down quite a bit. No, they scored so many goals to start the season. Um, hold on, I'll tell you what it is right now. They finished with a plus twenty three goal differential. So imagine how poorly they played over the last uh, you know month of the season or so. They still right. were up twenty three goals. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this offense was kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, so I don't want to preview too much of that. Do you have a, a man of the match of uh, for this Loudon match? No. <laughs> I'm going to give mine to Omar So because he came on late. Even with the, you know, the result way out of um, reach, he still put in a really great effort, and his, his goal was... So nice. And it's kind of one of those things where you see him putting in that effort time and again. Maybe give him the start if uh, if you're not really sure who to, uh, to play up top. I know he's young. I know he's inexperienced. But maybe he's the guy who gives you that kind of spark that, that you really desperately need in the playoffs. And he definitely has a nose for goal. This is his second, I think his second, since uh, coming on. So congrats, Omar. So... Um, we do have the interview with Ben Mines coming up, but before that, I think we should give out some team awards. I had wanted originally the plan for this episode, Bill, which you're aware of, but listener, you are yeah. not, uh, is I was going to have Anthony and Joe join us, but both of them were unavailable. Uh, so it's just me and you. Um, I like you, Bill. Uh, so don't <laughs> I worry. like you, Joe. I'm, I'm glad that you show up. <laughs> Joe and Anthony. Shame, shame. Shame, shame. I know your name. Most of the time, I think. Uh, Anyway, we're going to give out Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, and Newcomer of the Year. So let's start with Offensive Player of the Year. Who do you have? Uh, I'm going to pick Tom Barlow, even though he's uh, kind of the member of the first team now. Okay. Um, I think that that's a valid pick. It would have been a lot more valid if we were talking about this in July, because yeah, he moved to the first team. Hasn't had a lot of chances back with Red Bull too, but also hasn't really done much when he's come down. I'm giving mine to the man, the myth, the legend, Jared Stroud, 22 or 20 goals, 22 assists uh, lifetime. I think for, for Mr. Stroud, he finally uh, equaled the single season record for goals scored. Um, Just a fantastic year from him. I wish that, uh, you know, maybe it ended a little bit better because the work that he was putting in was so fantastic, but uh, got to give it to him. Okay, Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year? For me, it's kind of, it's hard. Um, I was almost thinking Sean Nealis. What, what are you thinking? Sean Nealis is a good pick. When he was down with the, the two team, they were far better. I think one of the benefits of, uh, the first team going out of the playoffs is guys like Reese Buckmaster and Sean Nealis uh, can potentially be back with Red Bull too and contribute in the, the postseason. I th- also think about guys like Omir and um, uh, uh, what's his face? Why can't I think of his name? Oh man. <laughs> uh, Kyle Duncan. Oh, Duncan. I don't think he'll be uh, back from his injury, but uh, having Omir and Reese and Sean Nealis, yeah. I think will will definitely pay dividends. And Tom, if Tom comes out and play, uh, to play rather. Okay. Um, most, oh, I didn't say who mine was for defensive. I'm going to give it to Evan Loro. I thought he had his best season uh, 
as a member of the Red Bulls too, despite the fact that uh, he's, he still gave up a fair number of goals. I think he's showing year over year improvement, which is the most important thing for him. And, um, you know, it's making more and more people say that maybe he deserves a chance with the first team as at least the understudy. Moving on. <laughs> I thought you were going up to most improved. Well, I was. I thought that like maybe you'd have a, a comment about that, but uh, no. Well, actually, I was going to say that uh, Evan Laura was my pick for most improved, based you upon go. you know everything you said, where we've just kind of watched him develop, and he's gone uh, a lot better throughout each season. He's really kind of stepped up, and uh, he's definitely been a you know a, a great keeper. This is going to probably be my most controversial pick because of how poor the defense has played of late. But I'm going to give most improved to Jordan Scarlett. He stayed healthy all year, which is a big thing for him. Obviously, he has not been able to do that yet. Um, And he put career uh, numbers up in clearances and tackles and interceptions. And uh, I know that things didn't really end properly, but I think that's really a chemistry issue as opposed to a specific personnel. And uh, I I like what, what we got from him this year. I still don't know if... Um, if he did enough to uh, maybe get looks from the first team just yet, but uh, definitely an improvement over the last two years for sure. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get looks for the first team yet, but we definitely need him next season. It'll be interesting. Interesting to see what happens. It's it's weird when you have a guy that's been on the team for this long for Red Bull too. Right. <laughs> uh, and newcomer of the year. Jorgensen? Okay. That's Jorgensen, Bill. Jorgensen. Man, I always say his name wrong. My bad. Jorgensen. It's all right. Everyone <laughs> says Jorgensen. The only reason that I say Jorgensen is because he told me that. And if that is an elaborate prank, that's an amazing one. Good job. It is. <laughs> um, I'm going to give Newcomer of the Year to Edgar Dorito. I thought um, at times he was one of the best players on the field, especially going forward for Red Bull 2. And he added a, uh, a dimension to their attack that I think was sorely missing over the last two seasons as well. That's a good pick. All right. So those are our, uh, our Mount Rushmore <laughs> picks for, for Red Bull 2 this year. Jared Stroud, Evan Loro, Jordan Scarlett, and Edgardo Rito for me. And again, your rundown. Uh, offensive player Tom Barlow, followed by defensive Sean Nealis, Evan Laurel for most improve, and newcomer is Jorgensen or Jorgensen. Jor- <laughs> See, I did it again right away. Jeez, Bill. Uh, so, congrats, guys. Um, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, you'll get to hear my interview with Ben Mind. So, stick around. And we're back. Joined now, his second time on the show, it's Ben Mines. Hey, Ben, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for doing the show. Yeah, of course, of course. It's a bit of deja vu. I know we go through that before we start, but uh, I always do it again when, when, once we start rolling. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about the end of the season. I think... Um, uh, a lot of a lot of fans, the way that they follow Red Bulls too, is sort of in the periphery. And so, for much of the year, uh, 
they're looking at the standings and they're looking at the results and things are really rocking and rolling. And then over the last couple of weeks, things kind of turned a little bit sour from, from your perspective, you know, maybe what's uh, been going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we've had a cu- tough couple of, um, couple of months, I'd say. Um, but you know, it's, it's not easy being on the road for, for so many games and uh, especially against, you know, such good teams um, in tough environments. So I think, I think we were a little, um, not shocked, but, um, you know, just, just a little surprised by how, how tough it actually is, um, having had a lot of home games earlier on in the season. Um, but I think we definitely learned a lot about ourselves, uh, especially in the past, you know, five or six. And, you know, I think we're playing some good football right now. We just, you know, we just got to get our points and, you know, it's a new season now. So, you know, winter takes all and we just, we got to dig out a, a win and, and we'll be all good. Right. Well, I guess that's the biggest thing, right? You know, you, you mentioned that it's a new season now. So it's almost like, uh, despite the fact that things have gone a little bit poorly, you can maybe sort of take a moment to reset. It, it feels that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's definitely a, a good vibe around the locker room of, you know, positive energy and, and that we are, you know, we're, we are a really good team and we have, you know, 18 guys every game who are committed to the, to the team and to the job at hand. So uh, I think we're really confident in, in who we are and, and what we can do. And what was the reaction from, from John after the last match? I, I imagine, um, you know, that that's a real tough result. And it's a little bit wonky because, you know, so much of it comes uh, sort of on the counter. You guys created a lot of chances and, you know, maybe it's a little bit closer than the scoreline suggests with, you know, you count for the missed penalties and, and so forth. Um, but what was the reaction? Um, I think, uh, I mean, the reaction from obviously from, from all of us, including John was, you know, we were, we were disappointed in, um, in how we came out and how we, you know, and how we went down. But, um, you know, there were, there were definitely some positives to take from it, you know, watching it back. I think we actually had 32 shots in the game. Um, you know, Matias, you know, hits the crossbar, you know, yeah, two penalties saved or, so I, I think we got, you know, unlucky on the night, but, um, uh, you know, the positives are that we created a lot and, you know, defensively we were a little, we were a little open, but you know, that, that comes from all of us from, from the front line to the, you know, to the back line to, you know, just everyone involved that we all need to tighten up and, you know, really buy into, you know, not letting goals in, which uh, we, unfortunately we have recently, but I think, you know, we're, we're really working on it and, you know, we're all, we're all very positive about, you know, going forward. And when you look at, um, sort of that same kind of scenario of creating a lot of chances, but maybe um, feeling a little bit unlucky on the night. Your next opponent is going to be Indy 11 on the road when you guys traveled there a couple of weeks ago, or I guess maybe close to a month ago now, um, or maybe two. I don't know. Time has been flying for me, Ben. Um, I think it was about a, about a month and a half ago, yeah. Last time there, you know, it was a very similar story. So many chances, but you, you don't put them away, and then um, they they sort of nab one at the death. Uh, how much of preparation for this week is looking back at that match, or um, is it more of a focus of just uh, getting what you guys do, you know, to the best place possible? 
Uh, I mean, I think we'll definitely, you know, be, you know, we've already talked about it a little bit, um, but we'll be looking back at at that game because, you know, that that game particularly had a very playoff feeling to it. And two teams who, you know, at the time we were both, I think, first and second or maybe second and third. Um, but we were both up at the top and, you know, fighting for that, you know, that home playoff advantage. Um, so there was definitely, you know, it was definitely a really, really competitive game. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we, I think we got a little unlucky, but, you know, at this, you know, we're going to, we're going to prepare for, you know, a game like that and where we probably won't get that many chances. Um, but, you know, we're prepared. We have guys who are, you know, who can step up in big moments and, you know, we, we all trust ourselves and trust each other. And I talk to me a little bit about what it's been like for you this season. Cause earlier this year, you kind of had some nagging injuries that were keeping you off uh, the field. Um, Obviously, last year kind of ended a little prematurely with the the collarbone injury. What's it been like to to kind of now start to get steady minutes and you know maybe grow a little bit into your role? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny that you mentioned last year because I actually, you know, I yeah, I did I broke my collarbone, but before I broke my collarbone, I actually, you know, I had another like kind of nagging injury before that uh, in the beginning of July, and then you know, and then I you know basically broke my collarbone right away, which was, uh, and that was, that was a heartbreaking end to the season. But yeah, I mean, you know, this year I come in and, you know, a couple of games in get hurt. And then, you know, I just kind of got in a, in a cycle of, you know, I recover, get back and get hurt again, which was, you know, that was, that was really tough for me because, you know, that was the, this is the first time really throughout my career that, you know, I've had, you know, muscle injuries and, you know, small things that'll keep me out for a couple of weeks. Um, so it was definitely, is definitely hard to deal with at the time, especially mentally. Um, you know, you sometimes you don't really feel like a part of the team because you're not, you know, you're inside while you're, you know, you, all your teammates are out training and, and doing what they love and having fun. And you're, you know, working in the gym, trying to get, trying to get back fit. So it, it definitely wasn't easy, but, you know, I've, you know, I've fought through it and, you know, just getting consistent, you know, minutes off the bench recently. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I, I've, I've grown into it and, um, you know, I'm obviously, I want to, I want to take on a, a bigger role going forward, hopefully. And, um, but, you know, I'm willing to do like anything I can for the team to help us win and, you know, go through the next round. I think that attitude has been evident since, you know, you kind of came onto the scene even before uh, last um, spring when you scored that goal to open the season. Um, you had appeared a number of times for RB2, and I think a lot of people really took to your work ethic and, and sort of what um, effort you put forward. Uh, and that, in turn, raised expectations around you who – you know, by all accounts, are still very young and transitioning to sort of a pro life. Uh, did those expectations weigh on you at all, or have you been able to sort of focus on the day to day? I I'm trying to, or I don't think I really pay attention to to anyone else's expectations of me. I but I do set a, a high standard for myself. Um. So you know, when I don't reach that, yeah, like I get frustrated. But you know, one of the things that I've, you know, I've learned the last two years is, 
you gotta you gotta put it behind you when you don't have a good day and and move on to the next one and make sure you know you you have a good day the next you know one two three days before the game and then go out there and do what you can and give everything you got so um i i kind of just lost where i was going but <laughs> it's all right um but no i think you know i've i've set a high expectation for myself and you know obviously getting injured you know it it puts a you know a little cloud over that but you know when you work to get past that and you know especially recently i've been setting the bar high for myself especially you know in training and it um and you know i think it's you know it's helping me grow as a player with the um with the playoffs coming now and i think the again not to to focus too much on expectations but the way that the team had set themselves up uh at the by like i guess the end of august um i think many fans were were thinking championship or bust at that point um but being on the inside and knowing that uh, results are obviously not necessarily the most important part of what work is happening at Red Bull 2. What would you label success for this season? Does the team need to make a deep playoff run? Is is there enough growth around the group to feel like what uh, work has gone in has been successful enough? Or is it a, a championship from the inside as well? Uh, I mean, I think we've had a you know, a good year and we've had a lot of, a lot of success. Um, but I think we would all be pretty disappointed if we didn't go out and, and win a championship because we know that, you know, that's the quality we have, um, in our team and our club. And, you know, we've been, we've been talking about that since, since day one. So I think we all have our eyes on, on, on a big prize here. And, you know, anything short of that will be disappointing, but, you know, that can't take away from, you know, the kind of year we've had and, you know, the kind of growth that I think we've all made. And, like, I could go around or to each guy and, you know, point out how how I saw them earlier in the year and how I see them now. And each one of them is, you know, positive and everyone has gotten better. So I think that's, you know, that's, you don't see that on a lot of teams. Um, and that's what really makes Red Bulls important is that everyone strives to, to get better. And I think 100% everyone has done that this year. So I'm, I'm really proud of the team and what we've done so far. But, you know, obviously it's not over yet. It sounds so funny. Uh, not necessarily um, that message, but in talking to you, you're very composed. You have a lot of leadership qualities. And yet you're still such a young guy. And I think that that's one of my favorite parts of talking to Red Bull 2 players is that you could be a sort of savvy veteran at such a young age, uh, in a very young group. It, it's very, um, uh, interesting. Yeah. It's, de- I mean, we definitely have a unique environment here and I mean, you, know, you have like, yeah, I've been, I've been playing with Red Bull too, since I was, you know, 16. I feel like I've been here for, you know, ages, <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, like even I like have to remind myself sometimes that I'm, you know, that I'm still a young guy. Um, but definitely we have we have a lot of guys on our team who are you know, we may not be, be very old or, you know, necessarily experienced, but you know, we have a lot of guys who are who are leaders and willing to step up. So it's very it's very unique. Ben, this has been fantastic. Before I let you go, I have to subject you to uh the two point version of the lightning round if you're ready. 
<laughs> Go for it. Okay. What is the title of your autobiography? Is, that's a hypothetical question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, you're not writing an autobiography now, are you? You're too young for that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I thought like uh, I, I was. I was. That confused me a little bit, just for a second. But uh, uh, a, a journey to success. Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, if you could steal credit for any great piece of art, uh, be it a song, a film, a painting, a book, what would it be? Um, I, I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think that is an absolute masterpiece. And I of, think that uh, you would make a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> uh, okay. You're on death row. What is your final meal? Something with uh, something with something with steak, like a really really good steak. Thank I, you. You got to talk to the rest of your teammates. There's so many people who've come on here and said chipotle. Oh jeez! It's like it's uh, your last meal on earth, guys. Chipotle. Yeah, you you can definitely think of something better than that. I was I was thinking like something with caviar or something like that. <laughs> like really go for it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and last but not least, who is the worst dancer on the New York Red Bulls too? God, um, I'm trying to think. I have I, I I haven't really seen a lot of guys a lot of guys necessarily dance. Uh, but if I had to take a guess, I would probably say. Um, Probably, probably McSherry. I don't know why, but he just he just comes to my mind as, as someone who's maybe not the best dancer. Maybe, might... maybe like I, there could be someone that like you know is completely awful, but you know, and but I just haven't seen really anyone da- dance. Fair. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you, these are the so. guys who are leading the pack right now: Chris Lemma and Reese Buckmaster, followed, oh, okay. followed closely by. Right, can I change my answer? Yeah, you can change your answer. Yeah, I would say Reese. I would say Reese. Oh, well, that puts sure. him. That puts him firmly in the uh, lead for worst dancer coming down the stretch. I like it, <laughs> Ben. Thank you Poor so much, guy, man. Oh man, thank you so much for coming on, Ben. I really appreciate it, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck uh, this coming weekend against uh, Indy Eleven. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. And when we come back, we're going to preview that match. So stick around. And we're back, previewing hopefully the first playoff match of this off season or off. No, I I don't know what I'm saying. The first playoff match of 2019. Hopefully they'll continue on. But this is going to be a uh, a tough road row. No, I don't know what I'm saying, Bill. I don't know who I am. Tough road ahead. <laughs> they make it through this. It is a tough road ahead. But specifically, this is a tough row to hoe because they are going up against Indy 11, 13-0-4 at home. This game will Oops. not be played at Lucas Oil Stadium. I forget the venue. Hopefully, it'll say here in the match preview. Michael Carroll A. Carroll Stadium. 
Yeah, so I don't know if this is a net positive or a negative for them. I know nothing about that stadium. It it's is- much smaller. I just looked it up online. So rather than having 50,000, 60,000 people in a huge stadium, which they wouldn't have them anyway, but just a huge stadium that's uh, more or less almost looks a little bit like, like Montclair in a, in a way with uh, bleachers on the ends and and way far back from the field, it seems like. Yeah. Track and field. Like there's a track stadium. field. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays into this. Obviously, the weather will also be a factor since it'll be outside. Indy 11, Tyler Pasher and Dane Kelly are the main threats to score goals. Tyler Pasher had 11 goals this year, Dane Kelly 10. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list because we did that a couple of weeks ago, but. Those two guys are still tearing it up. Kenny Walker and Ayose, both with five assists. And then Pasher and Kelly with four apiece. We know what they're capable of. We know we know Evan Newton on his day is a fantastic goalkeeper. He's got nine clean sheets on the year. Uh, again, they are 13-0-4 at home. They didn't finish the best uh, in a similar way that the Red Bulls 2 did not. Uh, they should have probably ended up in first place. They had so many games in hand. But their sort of death march through September, which we kept talking about, and they need to get results, they just dropped so many uh, throughout that whole process. Um, over the the last few weeks of the season, uh, starting, let's see, September 4th, that win over the Red Bulls, they lost to Charleston, they beat Ottawa, they beat Bethlehem, they lost to Birmingham. They lost to Atlanta. They lost to Pittsburgh. They lost to Ottawa. They beat Memphis, tied the Rowdies, beat Swope Park. So they came on a little bit right there at the end, but they had so many games in a row. We talked to Brian um, Cook a couple of weeks ago about uh, their depth being tested, and it absolutely was, and it showed that there are definitely issues, especially defensively, uh, in the Indy 11 camp. But none of that matters now because it's playoff time. They've been off since Wednesday, October 16th. They've got a full 10 days of rest heading into this one. We know what they're capable of. We know they like to sit back. They like to defend. They like to keep things tight. And they like to hit on the the break. And they did so successfully against the Red Bulls too last time out where they scored a goal very, very late after the Red Bulls just missed chance after chance after chance in that match. And they were able to walk out of their one nothing winners. Bill, I'm curious, what do you think we're going to see in this one? I think uh, Rebels two are kind of going to shift gears and get in the playoff mode, and they're going to go out and they're going to be hungry for the win. I absolutely hope so. Uh, who do you think will will be getting the start? We talked about how Reese Buckmaster and Sean Neela should be available in theory. Do you think we see those guys? I definitely think we see. Uh, Neil is coming back because like we said earlier the defense was a lot stronger with him on it and especially since there's not a need for him unfortunately with the first team anymore I definitely think he's going to be one of the top picks that they're going to put on the uh, defensive line for Saturday night's game now in theory they could also bring down Brian White and Tom Barlow (laughs) I don't (laughs) think that they're going to do that but it's something that they could do Um, the other uh the other position that I guess is is sort of up for grabs. We've seen Sebastian Elney. We've seen Ben Mines out on the on the right side. Uh, I'm really not sure who they're going to start in this one. I my gut would say Elney, but it depends on what they're going to do with the striker situation. 
Yeah, um, I don't think there's a limit, right? So they could really kind of stock this team for the the playoffs and see where it goes. I, I would hope that they don't do that, honestly, like because all the, all we would ever hear is about how Red Bulls do yep. stack their lineup to win the uh, the playoffs, and yep, just in terms of um, in terms of uh, of uh, sort of team chemistry, I don't want to see that either because rotating in so many new faces right at the end i think would make for some other issues yeah it definitely would so i would uh not be surprised to see nihilus back down and uh maybe tom barlow yeah i think barlow probably factors into this one starting i i could see both buckmaster and barlow uh being the only red bull players to start both the mls and usl playoffs consecutively maybe ever that might be a one and only time thing. We'll see. That could. So uh, give me a uh, a score prediction here. This is going to be a tough one. Saturday, October 26th, 7.30 p.m. Well, who you got? Uh, it's definitely not going to be a shutout. Indy 11 definitely going to score. But uh, my gut feeling right now is saying Red Bulls 2 are going to win 2-1 to one over Indy 11 in Indianapolis. That would be amazing. That would be the Indy 11's first and only loss this season at home. That would be an amazing accomplishment. It should be noted, Louisville City finished in fourth place, so that means they're on the other side of the bracket. There is no reseeding here. And so it is possible that we could end up with an Eastern Conference Louisville-New York Red Bulls final, but I don't think we're going to see that. Uh, let's look around the rest of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Oh, I didn't give my prediction. I think Indy is going to take this one, and I think it's going to be a 2 nothing scoreline. Um, the play-in match for the 7 and 10 seeds, it's North Carolina FC versus Birmingham Legion. Who you got, Bill? What was the first team, sorry? Uh, North Carolina FC. Uh I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to pick North Carolina over Birmingham. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Birmingham um, is is good. They're a good upstart, but I think North Carolina is just a little bit uh, more defensively sound for the playoffs. Then you have uh, Ottawa Fury and Charleston Battery, the eight and nine seeds. See, those guys are kind of neck and neck. Um I'm going to pick Ottawa. Charleston, to me, has been on a, a good run of form. So I'm going to give them the, the, the go-ahead pick. So f- looking at the bracket for you, it's going to get a little bit tricky. But um, North Carolina then would face uh, Nashville. And Charleston or Ottawa would face Pittsburgh. Nashville is. Uh, I didn't think Nashville would end up being in second place. I would pick Nashville to win. Okay, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. They've been on quite a run too. They beat, beat Indy Eleven, like you said, three to nothing, and Loudon United uh, before then. So I'm. I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. Okay. So that would okay. So on the bracket below for you, it would be Nashville Indy Eleven. Oh, sorry, not not Indy 11. You picked New York Red Bulls, too. Nashville versus New York Red Bulls, too, which would be played in Nashville. Oh, man. Put it me on the hot 
seed here. Uh, this is this is a tough call. This is where I might pull a Joe, a Joe Goldstein and uh, pick Nashville to win. <laughs> okay. All right. Then at, up top, I didn't even get all these games. Louisville, Tampa Bay. Oh, man. Tampa Bay. Okay. And Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay. So Pittsburgh, Nashville. Who comes out of the East? Uh, Pittsburgh is my guess. Okay. Pittsburgh in the be strong. Mongols would be so happy. I uh, I agree with that. I think Pittsburgh will get um, past either Ottawa or Charleston. I think Louisville is going to beat the Rowdies. I think Louisville is going to take down Pittsburgh for no good reason and make it to the, the conference finals. Indy 11 is going to be uh, able to get past the Red Bulls. They're going to fall to Nashville in the second round. Louisville-Nashville conference finals with Louisville moving on, um, which would then make them the third-time champions because it doesn't matter who comes out of the West. They're not going to beat Louisville in the East. Even though they're not even that strong this year, I still think they're better than anybody in the West. Let's move out West. I'm going to run down the bracket with you the the way that I finished it because it was a little bit easier to follow, I think, that way. Sure. Seven and ten, New Mexico and Sac Republic. Who you got? Sac Republic riding high on their MLS expansion announcement. Yeah, could that be you know the little fire that they need there? Could be. That could be. I'm going to go with Sac Republic. Okay, and Austin Bold and LA Galaxy too. Man, LA Galaxy has just been. It's been rough. I'm going to pick Austin to beat LA Galaxy too. Okay, so Austin and Sac Republic. Austin would face Phoenix Rising in the first round. Yep. Now Phoenix Rising, they've been uh, pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, so I'm definitely picking Phoenix Rising. Okay. Real Monarchs, Orange County. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pick Orange County. Okay. Fresno, El Paso Locomotive. Fresno versus El Paso. Uh, this is tough. Fresno's been on a bad kick lately, so uh, I'm going to go with El Paso. Okay. Fresno is also uh, rumored to not be operating as of next year. Uh, so I hope that they're able to do something. Reno, Sac Republic. Man, Reno and Sac Republic. Reno's kind of been... Kind of iffy, too. Although somehow they're in second place. I'm going to pick Reno. Okay. Um, And then back down the list. I forgot who you said for Monarchs and OC. Um, Phoenix Rising versus whichever team you picked from there. Um, Phoenix Rising. Okay. (laughs) I think they're they're going all the way. Okay. Uh, all right, so I'll pencil them into the final. What's the other side of that? Fresno and Reno. Fresno and Reno. I'm going to say uh, Reno. Okay, Reno and Phoenix. You pick Phoenix. And Phoenix and Pittsburgh. You you went chalk. The two number ones facing off in the USL Cup Championship final. Uh, that's definitely the final, I'm guessing. So I'm going to say that Pittsburgh wins. Yeah, look, I think that matchup in particular really favors Pittsburgh. 
Oh, it totally does. Because Phoenix would just have very little that they could do offensively against the Bob Lilly side. And Lilly Bob would just Lilly never lets us down. Them, punish them on the counter. Um, okay, for me, I'm going to say that I agree. Sac Republic wins that one. I'm not sold on Austin Bold, but I'm also not sold on LA Galaxy 2, so I'll, I'll go with you there. The Bold win. Um, Phoenix Rising advance against Bold. Um, OC beats the Monarchs. El Paso beats Fresno. Yep. Reno beats um, Sac Republic. And uh, uh, El Paso. Up top, Phoenix gets through against Orange County, and I agree that they will beat uh, whoever's in the final, or sorry, the conference final, rather. Um, and they lose to Louisville City, who's going to be a three-time champion. I'm picking it this year. Louisville City wins the East. They're going to beat Phoenix Rising in the final. You heard it here Damn. first, folks. Uh, that's it for us today. I don't think we have anything else that we need to uh, talk about. We got our predictions in for not just this game, but all of the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see if we have another uh, regular show next week or if it's just going to be a season recap. Um, either way, I'm going to try to get the OG crew involved. Bill, are you good for next week? I'm going to make I'm you good. say it now on the podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> it's on record. I'm good. <laughs> Boom. You heard it here, folks. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at Bill TNJ. And if you want to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's on Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we post all of our episodes. You can even send us questions there to questions at RaisingBulls.com. That's questions at RaisingBulls.com. Now, I didn't check this week, but... You know, it's been a while. Or if you have a message for Anthony since he might be coming back, you know, to next week's show. Well, there's no way he listens. So I could say anything now about Anthony. Any hate mail is fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, if you want to send any of us hate mail, I think that that is totally (laughs) fine. Um, As long as it is not a a personal attack, you just don't like my takes, uh, I'm totally fine with that. Go for it. Um, Let's see. Okay. You, you helped me stall for that, but then I didn't stall long enough. I got too busy talking. Let's see if we have any uh, any emails to go through here. Ba-ba-da-bop. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nobody sends us emails. <laughs> you never send us your emails. You never give us your consternations. And in the middle of your hesitations, I break down. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> Google Play, and Spotify. Find us, rate us, review us. It helps with the algorithm and it helps push our show up whatever list that it might be on. I imagine we are the uh, top rated <laughs> New York Red Bulls 2 podcast. <laughs> Boom. Come at me. I can say Boom, things there like it that. Is. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. They're covering MLS, USL, Premier League, NWSL, and so much more. Great shows uh, that cover USL, not just the league, but across the league and different teams the usl show backyard footy the last line bethlehem blast furnace birmingham backline back chat seriously loco foxtrot pod sock takes the other football podcast 901 soccer pod and speedway soccer and so much more lots of great podcasts lots of great written content find them guys go there 
you you want to follow USL, go to bgn.fm. That's the Beautiful Game Network. And last but not least, I want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. If you want custom scarves, you can get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, for Mr. Bill Toomey, and Mr. Ben Mines, thank you very much, and have a great night.